much better than this. Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and welcome back, Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your host on a Friday episode of the show. It's a free-for-all. Kyle, what's up? Hey, um, welcome back, Chris. Uh, you heard me popping a monster energy. Uh, excited to enjoy the, the gold. Have you had the gold one yet? Oh, that one looks fantastic. Joe? How, do you, how, how does it look good? It's just a can. It's ultra gold. Do you see it literally on the can says ultra gold? I know. What is a gold energy drink flavored like? You know Pineapple? What? When we're done like, here, drive to the convenience store and let me know. Tastes like the nectar of the gods. That's what it tastes like. Honestly, what is the flavor of that, of something like that? Oh, look, it says nectar, right? <laughs> According to the ancient Greek legend, the nectar of ambrosia gave immortality to all who drank it. Unfortunately, the fruit of a gods is just a myth, but we were inspired to create ultra gold as close as we can for mere mortals. Um, so I wish I was kidding about the, the ambrosia and nectar of the gods thing, but it's literally what wow. they're going for. Yeah. And I didn't know that before I read the can just now. So thank you. are welcome for the free advertising yeah. monster. Yeah. We but it is delicious. Good money for that. You know, it's, and, it, it is delicious. Yeah. I'll say that. All right. So it's a free for all here on a Friday. Mm-hmm. I feel like Chris and Kyle from the pre-show conversation, you guys feel pretty hyped about what you have to get into. I do. So I, I, I kind of want to get out of the way and see what you guys have. I do. I do. Uh, Chris, you want to go first? I mean, I would really like to spend at least the first portion of the show talking about Washington trying to trade Morgan Moses, if that's okay with you guys. Sure. Because I want my team to be on the phone seeing if Washington is interested in trading Morgan Moses. Well, Morgan Moses is cut. He's cut. Oh, yeah. Then, sorry, I was out all day. Joe Douglas, pick up well, the phone, my guy. Right, and that—that's, I guess, the curious thing. The curious thing about this is Morgan Moses had the best year he's had in a few years this past year, uh, and the question was, could you get something for him or not? And I was surprised if Eric Flowers can get traded. Yeah, like you right. could have got something, right? <laughs> He Dude plays a more premium position. Games. Right. And, and 96 like, in a row. And he hasn't been a plus starting tackle for that entire stretch of time, but uh, he had a strong stretch early in his career, and then he, he has played tapered off a little bit. And then last year, like for a lot of the season, he looked like the player that he was back in like 2016, 2017. So I'm surprised. I'm surprised that it got to the point where it, the the resolution was, you know what, we're just going to cut Morgan Moses, and that's it. If you're Pittsburgh or if you're Tennessee, this this has got to get done, right? Yes, Zach he should have a right huge tackle. market. He should have Kendall a huge Lamb. market. The Jets. Chris, you mentioned. Chris mentioned Jets. Yes, no question. Which makes again makes it surprising that nobody was willing to bite. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and so Washington freed up over seven million dollars in cap space by moving on. So, uh, I'm sure that played into it. Um, but I Did, mean, we didn't we didn't mention it all. By the way, that they also waived Jerron Christian. Yeah, I mean, I I was surprised he was drafted as high as he was. I mean, his tape was bad at Louisville. Yeah, well, hold on. I seem to remember some some folks had him up in there in the conversation yeah. of like top fifty prospect, right. but for uh, a stretch, he's you just watch the tape. So fr- from a Washington perspective, 
this puts a little bit of stress on either Cornelius Lucas to, you know, he, he's he been a starter for them, or Sam Cosme. It's going to be acceler- Cosme. Accelerating his curve. They still have Sadiq Charles, and they have David Sharp. So they have options here to replace him. And they obviously signed Charles Leno to be their left tackle. Right. So I think it's going to be Leno and, and Sam Cosme will be your two starting tackles. Really? You think Cosme is raw as he was coming out of Texas, can beat out you draft him at, drafted him at 52. Two or whatever. Nice second round pick. Week one starter, Sam Cosme. If you'd be if you want to make that an official draft dudes bet, I'm ready to lay it on the okay. line and risk it all. Put it down. I have somebody else. I have the field at right tackle. Oh, of course, Joe took the field. I took the field at life. I got some contenders here in Charles and Sharp and Lucas. I mean, Cosme, a college left tackle was pretty raw, man. And I think he's a good player, but like I I don't have to see him week one. And I like David Sharp coming out as a mid-round tackle prospect. But I'm wit- I'm willing to bet if you took Cosme in round two, they're going to bet on Sam Cosme. Well, and Fitz has overcome a lot worse than Sam Cosme. <laughs> right. From his time in Buffalo, the Jets, obviously Miami, some issues. Uh, yeah, he he's and he's got that quick trigger. So they, they may just want to get him in the lineup. I, I could definitely see your angle here. I like my chances as well, though. My guy had Julian Davenport blocking on the backside in 2019. <laughs> this is the fourth draft dudes bet of the offseason. Oh, the fourth excellent. draft dudes. We're gonna bet. rack them up this year. Yeah, yeah, especially now that we know they're tracked and. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, is that enough time? You said at least the first. Yeah, Chris wanted to budget a lot of time I mean, I, to this. I'm, I'm comfortable with the amount of time that was spent on it. <laughs> okay. I got a take. It's not a football take. It's a food oh. take. Okay. Joe, I'm going to ask both of you this question, but I do have to start with Joe. The best greens to have a salad with is what? Iceberg. Iceberg lettuce? Yeah, it's the best lettuce, yeah. Chris, and notice I didn't say lettuce, I said green. I I would rather not answer this question. You don't eat salad? I'm not a salad guy, and I can just feel Twitter's been at me all week this week with some of my takes. Not a salad guy. The texture of uh lettuce has always been a problem for me you jordan reed uh fellow colleague at the draft network also not a lettuce guy so it's company dressing keep saying lettuce i'm not talking about lettuce so no you're gonna try to make a case for spinach aren't you no i'm not maybe i I love green peppers i love cucumbers i love broccoli i mean is that what i should be thinking about no i'm a big guy arugula oh that's a good call that's kind of earthy tasting though no listen I don't know what got into my wife that she bought arugula and brought it into the house, but I ate a whole container in the last two days. Just eating it like with dressing or like what's happening here? Yeah, well, I put a little uh, lemon juice of an, an olive oil on it to substitute for dressing. And then you put whatever you want to put into a salad on it, whether it's chopped up vegetables or you can do like cranberries and walnuts, whatever. Uh, but I, I have decided officially that arugula is the best green to make a salad with is because it actually has not lettuce? taste. It, 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 it's a differentiated green from like iceberg lettuce and romaine lettuce. And it's different. And I don't know what it is that makes it different, but I know it tastes exponentially better because it actually has a flavor and it's got a little something to it. It's in the same family as broccoli, kale and Brussels sprouts. Okay. So that's why I was st- using the phrasing greens and not just lettuce. Where do we stand on kale? Steamed kale is delicious. I was just going to say kale's overrated, but 
Oh, I'm unsurprised that you would feel that way. No, I tend I tend to lean towards Chris on this one. It has to be done right, and it's really easy to do wrong. Steamed. I like it steamed. You mix it with some mushrooms. It's delicious. Kale became the cool thing that healthy people decided that the train they decided to hop on, and they're like, oh, you should eat kale. Just eat kale. Just eat kale. You'll be fine. It became the cool thing to eat, so I'm out on kale. Raw kale is nasty. Yes. The stalks, they get, they're all like, <laughs> they're right. way too hard. Yeah. What about quinoa? Do we do we like a good quinoa salad? It's okay. The, quinoa is the little, yeah, the little corn-looking nuggets. Yeah. When I get those, dude, when you get those in HelloFresh, they are amazing. But I think quinoa can be done bad as well. So, a little earth earthy food yeah. takes here on the Friday free for all. I love I'm it. waiting for my bison burger to get delivered. So. Maybe, maybe things will pick up in the next segment. But first, I need to tell you guys about Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online in your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so Morgan Moses, Arugula, where are we going next, boys? Do you have anything? I, I Morgan Moses I had written down. I also had uh, the Julio Jones conversation. Let's have the Julio Jones conversation okay. because I, I can't believe they're actually going to trade him. They want to. They came out and said they want to do this. So doesn't this – this flies – and we said this on draft night. This flies directly in the face of what you said on draft night, does it not? Yes. When you drafted Kyle Pitts instead of a quarterback, when Justin Fields was there, and – I understand if Trey Lance was there, you know, that maybe they would have had a different conversation and had a different decision around the quarterback. But I look at all the traits that Trey Lance has, and I saw all the same traits in Justin Fields uh, and arguably a higher floor. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. So if you want to project him into that kind of offense and you were attracted to the quarterback that you think Trey Lance could be, I don't understand how you couldn't have had the same impressions about Justin Fields. And if your mentality is we're going to trade Julio Jones, that tells everybody in the locker room, we're starting over. And if you're telling everybody that you're starting over, why the hell didn't you draft Justin Fields at four (laughs) and you draft Kyle Pitts instead? Because if you end up being good or better than you were last year, you ain't going to sniff a quarterback the way that you had Justin Fields there for you to take it for this past year. Oh, so are we rolling with Matt Ryan for the next two years or not? And if we are, why is not why is Julio Jones not part of that plan? Correct. So I think we can question this from Atlanta side of things. I guess the question to me shifts to who? Where does he go? Real quick before we do that. Yeah. I'm sure somebody out there who supports this move will point to, well, you guys panned Carolina for not doing anything to collect additional assets 
to start their rebuild process, right? Let's be completely yeah. trained. I mean, we've been very hard on Carolina for not doing that. Yeah. But the reason I'm still going to be hard on Atlanta is because you were you had the asset to make that investment and you chose not to. Carolina was never sitting in the driver's seat to draft a quarterback and passed on him. They just took Derek Brown and signed Teddy Bridgewater. Atlanta... I, I I can't personally give them credit for saying, oh, they're going to trade Julio Jones and get more draft capital, so if they need to be flexible and go up and get a guy, they can. Because you had him at four, and you didn't take him there. So that's where I struggle the most with Atlanta in this decision-making process, even though you can look to trading Julio Jones and say, hey, it's smart that they're going to get rid of an older player in a rebuild and get some more draft capital. I don't, I'm not going to count it both ways. You know, it's still a conflicting message to your locker room, and it's a conflicting message to the direction that you're going as a team. From a salary perspective, the Falcons are not in good shape to get out of this Julio deal. He's owed $23 million in a cap hit this year, and his dead cap accumulation would be $40.5 million. Next year, it's 19 cap hit, 17.5 for dead cap. I mean, they really don't have an opportunity to get out of this deal cleanly until after 2022. Shuby, what do you got? I just want to jump in because that's if they were to cut him, right? If that's the, that $40 million dead hit. If they were to trade him post June 1, and let me just take a real quick uh, gander down here. Yeah, I see May, it May 20th on the calendar, so we're very close to that opportunity. It's only $7.7 million in dead money, and they actually save 15 15.3 against the yeah. cap. So trading him does allow them to get out of this big number. And so the question I pose to you two guys is because we're talking about this from the perspective of Atlanta accumulating draft assets for trading Julio. We know what the dead money is going to be. We know what the cap savings are going to be. We know Julio is an older player. It's been injured the last couple of seasons. What's a realistic return for Julio Jones if you're Atlanta? That, to me, the win for Atlanta based on this decisions in the messaging is just getting out of the deal, right? That's the win. I think anything they gain back in return is icing on the cake. They're not getting a first round pick for Julio Jones. Not not anymore. And Maybe that, not that's even a, a sale. That's they could probably squeeze a contender for it too. I would expect if Mohamed Sanu can go for a two. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm expecting they'll squeeze a contender for a two, but no, the, like you said, the ship has sailed for if you were going to get a one, I think you really needed to be out in front of this ahead of this year's draft class. If you're Tennessee, do you trade a two for him? Yes. Yeah, I think you do. Uh, they didn't replace Corey Brown or Corey Davis. Excuse me. They, I mean, they signed Josh Reynolds to a very modest contract and putting we, him in this. We love Josh Reynolds draft oh, yeah. alumni as much as anybody does, but. And he had a good year last year in that yeah. offense, you know. I mean, not even being a top two target. But he's not replacing Corey Davis. No, it, it, to me, for a team that I think has lost a lot and needs to hide some of that, Julio Jones helps. And, and I could be convinced that in, in the live stream that we did last night, I don't know the result of it because we're recording this beforehand. We're we're going through the Titans, and I got to be honest, I'm nervous about doing that because I don't know what to make of that team. With how much they've lost and have not replaced, Julio Jones, I think, does something to elevate you to be the favorite in that division over Indianapolis. Can I interject real quick? Yeah. 
the salary, the base salary is 15 this year. Is that correct? 15.3. So whoever trades for him is committed to a $15.3 million cap hit this year because that's going to be his base salary. They're also on the hook for at least two million of his 2022 money because that was guaranteed on As March guaranteed. 20th. Yep. But but even if you cut him after this year, if the wheels fall off, which I don't expect that they would, then you're talking about 17 million dollars in guaranteed money over a two-year window. And if you did him as a post-June first cut next year, which no team would do because I don't think they would wait that long to get rid of two million, two and a half million dollars off the books or whatever. It's a it's chump change compared to the dead money that Atlanta is going to be eating over the next two years, right? Some teams. I just want to read through the teams right now that have 15 plus million in cap space available according to SpotTrack. You have the Jacksonville Jaguars with 38, Denver Broncos with 33 and a half, New York Jets with 28, Cincinnati Bengals with 25, the Indianapolis Colts with 22 and a half, the Cleveland Browns with 21, the Chargers with 20 and a half, the Patriots with 20, the Lions with 20, the 49ers with 17, the Panthers with 16 and a half, and then you have the Washington football team at about 14. Joe, I don't know about you, but he only named two teams that I think would be interested. The Patriots, the Chargers, and the Lions are the two teams that I think make the most sense. Why would the Lions don't make any sense? Well, they need somebody to catch the ball. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that they're doing that. Uh, the Chargers make sense to me. That's the other team for me. The two common team, well, the one common team is Tennessee, which they would have to make things happen to to get to that point. They could also technically extend slash restructure him. True if they traded for him to manufacture the space and diminish his year one cap hit. But that's the kind of like high risk maneuvers that teams end up really regretting down the road. Like if you're going to trade for Julio, who's 32 years old right now, he's in his low thirties. If you're going to trade for him and extend him slash restructure him to reduce his 2021 cap hit and convert his base salary to signing bonus and kick that out over the next three, like there's a 0% chance he's going to get to the end of that deal. And you're not going to be like, well, gee whiz, I I'm, we're, I'm, we can't believe we're only paying Julio Jones blank and guaranteed money against the cap this year. Guaranteed it will blow up in your face. Complicated situation. So unless you're one of these teams kind of in this, I mean, it would help. I'd help feel a lot better if Tennessee didn't have three and a half million dollars in cap space to work with. Right. The other team that I think is interesting is Green Bay. Do you appease Aaron Rodgers by making a run for Julio Jones? They they don't have the space to do it either. I understand that. But if you want to make something happen, you can't. Well, they could find the space to right. do it. Right. I mean, they've got they've got three million in, in workable cap right now, and you can also restructure other players mm-hmm. to manufacture the space as well. So we shouldn't be eliminating teams because they only have a limited amount of cap space. But the teams that can most easily accommodate him, it would seem to be, are the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots. And. I mean, I think there's some logic behind either situation, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So. And the and the L.A. Chargers. 
Right. Man, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Keenan Allen, Julio Jones. Oh, Justin Mike Williams. Williams. Oh. Mike Williams. Oh. Yeah. 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 I could get excited about that one. With a revamped offensive line, Justin Herbert, Herbo throwing him the ball. Excuse me, what did you just call him? Herbo. I've not heard that either. That's, but. I don't like that at all. Herbo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a trivia question for you guys. Can I sneak this in here? Yeah, go ahead. All right, it's a two-parter since it's a Friday free-for-all. Name the three teams that have the most playoff wins since the merger. I saw the statistic, and I was I was intrigued by it. The merger being 1970? Yes. I would guess Steelers and Packers are high on that, and Cowboys. 49ers, wait. You spoke a little too quick there, didn't you? Uh, you okay. Do you, do, hey, Joe, would yeah. you like to refine your answer a little bit? You threw a lot of teams out there at me. Yeah, I'll go Steelers, Packers, 49ers. Steelers, Packers, 49ers. Okay. Uh, how about this, Kyle? I'll give you a little bit of insight. Joe got one of the teams correct. Oh, wow. I would assume it's the Cowboys. Name the three teams again, Joe. Steelers, 49ers, and Packers. Oh, okay. Well, That's So that was why I was asking him to name yep. the three teams again, because the team you mentioned, Kyle, was not one of the three. Yeah, so I yeah, just yeah. wanted to make well, sure. This is what happens when you throw five names out here to start the conversation, <laughs> and I try and process everything in real time. Uh, I feel like Green Bay, it has to be a team... And there's a reason I have this stat, because I'm going to segue it into another story at the end. I'm going to say the Patriots are one. It's got to be. I, I I can't believe I didn't think about them. The New England Patriots are number one with 36 yeah. wins. That's they are terrible. tied with a team who's also number one that Joe mentioned, the Pittsburgh Steelers at, 30, okay. at 36 okay. wins as well. And Kyle, the team you thought Joe mentioned, the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, are 34. Mm. So now, part two of that trivia question, which is where I'm going to transition. I got two out of three, by the way. Afterwards, can you name the bottom four teams in fewest playoff wins since the merger? Detroit, Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are 32nd with one. Hold that statistic. I'm going to use it here in a minute. Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, uh, 31st with four playoff wins. All right, so we only have to get one more team. You you're, going in, to... you're going in order, by the way. You've gone 32, 31. And so Jacksonville, the next one or the next two? Next two. You got two more to go. Jacksonville and Carolina just being relevant. No, Car- Carolina's played in two Super Bowls. These two teams are tied with... How about this? Five wins. I will give you the number. I think it, Jack, so. Jacksonville went to the AFC Championship game, and they had some runs with Brunel. I think we need to eliminate Jacksonville. And Carolina's played in two Super Bowls. Yeah, so they have more than five for sure. The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, 29th. Tied, with, and that's five? And then they are tied so with other team. So we need one more team one that more has team. five wins. That's right. Why are we not thinking of Cincinnati? I know they went to the Super Bowl in like 88. But what else do they have to show ever? I'm not saying lock it in, but they're compelling. Can we get a conference, Chris? I cannot give you the conference, no. Why not? Because I think it would give it away. Tell me a better... Well, it's probably the NFC then. I don't know why you would say that. Minnesota, Green Bay. There's got to be a surprise because this has been kind of chalky. Uh, maybe, let's maybe. Uh, 
let, let's move it along. Let's say Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Joe, you should have stood up for yourself a little bit more. The Cincinnati Bengals are the last answer here. Five. Very good with five wins. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because I don't know if you guys saw this. I saw this story earlier this morning, and we're recording this on Thursday. Did you see that apparently the Lions offered Matt Campbell an eight-year, $68.5 million deal yes. to be their head coach? <laughs> yes. With their one playoff win since the merger. So instead of getting Matt Campbell, they were like, Give me Dan Campbell. Give me the other Campbell. <laughs> Give me the other Campbell. Give me the other Campbell, please. Give me the other flavor soup what, can. Yeah, that's what's right. What's the big deal with Matt Campbell? What's the big deal? Like, why, why program, do you have to offer Program him that? builder, man. Program builder. Good team culture. He said no to a lot of jobs, it feels like, over the last couple of years. Yeah. What's he, he waiting has. for? What's the one he wants? Guy just turned down $68.5 million, apparently. So. He stay wants at Iowa, Iowa State. State. To win seven games at Iowa State. Listen, man, one of these years they're going to have a big breakthrough and be 10 and three, and (laughs) it'll all be worth it. Some of these guys, man, I don't think they're coming. I don't think Lincoln Riley's coming. Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell's definitely not coming if he turned that down. uh, And that's five and 28. And that's the thing that baffles me. Like, I get it, man. Like, if you like your job, that's great, but that's a lot of money to turn down. And a lot of job security. Eight years, they're not going to fire you. That, right. that I mean, franchise you, you, you isn't going to write you a check to go coach to not coach. You got to have least to recruit. five years. You don't and have to you try to right. convince seventeen-year-olds to come to Iowa State. Like that sounds terrible. How Going in people's way. I hope rooms. nobody's listening to in Ames. Right now, listen, now. I say this about recruiting across the world. Like I would not if I was a grown man and I was a a football coach. The last thing I would want to spend any of my time doing is convincing 16 and 17 year old kids to come play football for me. That's not coaching. Nick Saban's convinced them to come to Tuscaloosa. It's unreal. Why would you? I just come on. Is what sounds worse than that? Matt Campbell's current current deal pays him four million dollars a year. Apparently, I'm now going to do the math real quick. Hold on here. Sixty-eight point five. Mistakes were made here. (laughs) It's 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 double. It's eight and a half million a year, and it's guaranteed money. What are you doing, my guy? Guy loves guy loves Iowa State. Great. Hope he loses in the Big Twelve this year. Jeez, Chris. So this is a West Virginia fan here. This is yeah, there's people no there's no love lost for me in Iowa your, State. So just so people can know you better. Okay, your sure. fandom, the, the, your fandom, like for me, it's the Bills, Kyle, it's the Dolphins, right? Like your fandom, your top fandom resides with what team? Is it the the Mets? My top fandom. Yeah, it resides with the Mets, but the Mountaineers are a close two. Who's three? Uh, the Jets would be three. Who's four? Who's is that four? it? Is I don't Arizona really State. Oh, it's probably State. the. T- yeah, I have a degree from there. I probably should root for them at least at some point in this depth chart. Yeah. So if you could pick this coming season, the next like fresh start to a season, or or you could lump in the Mets, what of those four teams would you pick to win the championship? Oh. It, the New York Mets, and it's not even close. To see, really? to see that team win a World Series with me. Chris, can can you talk talk to me and explain how this BS with Tony LaRusso? No, and the I White don't. Sox, I don't have enough time. There's not enough time here in the end of the show. I'll try. Right. Well, just do you understand why I think the sport sucks? No, the when sport this does is suck. the 
when this is what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, the sport does suck because a manager threw his own player under the bus not once but twice. He threw his player under the bus the first time by saying that he shouldn't have done what he did. And for those of you who don't know the story, late in the game, it was 15-4. to 4, The White Sox were being blown out. Uh, or the White Sox were blowing out the Twins. The Twins had a position player pitching, and on a 3-0 pitch, one of the White Sox players hit a curveball that was like lobbed over the plate way over the fence for a home run. White Sox, uh, the Twins didn't like it. Twins broadcasters didn't like it. And after the game, Tony LaRusso said, I didn't like Cry it. More. I talked to him. Cry. He'll, Cry he'll, about he'll, it. Be, he'll be upset. So the next day, the Twins threw at or threw behind this player. And after the game, LaRusso said, I have no problem with what the Twins did. So not once, but twice threw his player under the bus. And yeah, Kyle, you're absolutely right. I think this is what's absolutely destroying the game of Major League Baseball. Uh, just destroying it. Just destroying it. Just play by the, the unwritten rules dynamic of the sport of baseball is so dumb. Imagine and this happening just, in football. Just imagine there being unwritten rules in football to which the, the players themselves policed and did things that could actually seriously hurt somebody. Yeah. What you would get is like the scene in the longest yard when Adam Sandler tells his guy to duck and like he intentionally pegs the ref in the nuts with the ball, right? It's like, that would be like using a down in the actual game to peg the ref in the nuts with the ball to get him to chill out because he was calling plays against you. It's it, it's very frustrating. I'm having arguments with, with friends about it. It's been my whole well, week this week. Baseball sucks. I'll leave you with a football take. I My first take of the 2022 NFL draft cycle. All right, we're ready for this it. This is good. Hold okay. on here. Let's give it give it a dramatic pause first, Kyle. Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath. The Imperial March is an odd choice, Joe. Um, I think that Grant Wells, the quarterback from Marshall, is a better prospect than Grayson McCall, the quarterback from Coastal Carolina. He's a better quarterback prospect. Listeners across the country are going to lose sleep thinking about this over the weekend. Kyle built that up for a mid-major quarterback take. I love it. I love it's, it. A, it's the only quarterbacks I have to Absolutely. watch. No, no, no. I'm responsible I'm not, for the Big Ten. I'm, I'm not saying anything bad. I love that that's what you did. Absolute uh, applause. Wait, we need we need uh, Malik. Is it Malik Willis from Liberty? We need your your... We need him ranked among these at some point. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's going to be next on my list. Board. Okay. Yeah, he's going to be next on my list. But but Grant Wells was a redshirt freshman starter at Marshall last year, and he looked really good with the exception of a five interception performance against Rice. And it was like the wheels fell off the bus in that game. But you watch it; he still finished the year with twice as many touchdown passes as he did interceptions. He averaged 7.7 yards per attempt. He completed over 60% of his passes. Grayson McCall completed almost 70% of his passes. Uh, 26 to 3 touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, a better yards per attempt average, uh, but less yards than, than what Grant Wells did on the season. But I just watched Grayson McCall. Excuse me. Uh, Grayson McCall had... About 400 more yards, but he also played in additional games than what Grant Wells did. And and I watched Grayson McCall play, and I watched four games. I studied four games and watched him. And his ability to drive the football into windows mm. is non-existent. Joe, I sent you the videos, so you've no, seen the no, evidence. We we, we FaceTime. That's not true. 
we FaceTime in the middle of the day on Thursday. That's right. And you had three plays loaded up for me. <laughs> loaded, loaded up for me. And uh, I How dropped the name look? Cody Kessler. So that uh, it wasn't so, good. Grayson McCall, six foot three, 200 pounds, runs this really fun offensive coastal. And it kind of became a, a cult favored because they beat BYU in the bowl game and or in the, in the, uh, what was it? It was mullets versus Mormons or whatever yeah. was the, the, the nickname of the game. Was. Yeah. And it was like, he kind of became like this cult favorite quarterback prospect. Cause he had good stats and good production. And it's a really fun offense to watch, but you, you watch him when he's asked to drive the ball, whether it's, you know, they're, they're running sale concept to the field and he's got to throw it off the opposite hash and put that ball and that ball takes a real long time to get out there and the trajectory has a real big arc on it. So it's not as though he's using his, his lower half and really driving throws with confidence. And then you, you watch Grant Wells and there's, there's definitely more pop uh, in his physical tools. Uh, he's a retro freshman. So he made some poor judgments, had a chance to watch him against app state uh, their season opener. He dropped like 300 yards and it was the best statistical debut of any Marshall quarterback in the history of the program. Uh, I did watch him also against uh, Rice in the Rice game where the wheel, wheels fell off the bus, but I think from a traits perspective and a physical upside perspective, Grant Wells is a better quarterback prospect as a redshirt sophomore this year than Grayson McCall. And that's how the cookie crumbles. And that's how the cookie crumbles. And we are done here on this Friday episode of the Draft Dudes podcast. Thank you, everybody, who took the time to tune in. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe. Keep it locked in uh, here on the Draft Dudes all summer long. we got some great content lined up for you.